Welcome to Scrappy ABM, your source for groundbreaking approaches that don't break the bank. ABM shouldn't cost 200K in tech to even get started. So if you want to get started with ABM or make your program even better without investing a massive amount of money, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll hear from the brightest minds in the marketing world who are redefining ABM, achieving incredible results with untraditional methods, limited resources, and a whole lot of creativity. This isn't a show about how much money you can spend on fancy tech or overhyped tools. Instead, it's about celebrating creative problem solving and the scrappiness it takes to get ABM right. We'll dive into how these marketing leaders built robust ABM strategies with limited resources, revealing the actionable insights that led to their biggest wins. So if you're a marketer ready to challenge the status quo and build a scalable, efficient, effective marketing strategy, Scrappy ABM is the show for you. So if you're ready to discover ABM strategies that are lean, impactful, and utterly transformative, let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome to Scrappy ABM, your practical podcast for ABM playbooks that do not break the bank. This is your host, Mason Cosby. Today I'm joined by the Nick Bennett that is the Chief Customer Officer over at TAC. Thank you for joining me today, Nick. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. I'm super pumped to dig into one of your playbooks. You had posted this. It's probably been a year, year and a half at this point where you posted like, this is how you generated a ton of customer reviews and really just kind of blew up this playbook. And I want to dig into it because I think there's a huge account-based opportunity as we think through getting reviews and referrals. So that's what we're going to dig in today. And Nick, I'd love to understand, like, as you thought about this playbook, like what How did you start to evangelize this playbook internally? Like, what did you start to call it? Yeah, so I just called it like the the, the G2 playbook. I mean, we all believe, you know, social proof is how people buy today along with like this dark social element to it. But I was in customer marketing. Customer marketing was brand new to me, but there's a way to leverage customer marketing to drive expansion, both on like the retention side, as well as on like the net revenue growth side from a targeted lens. So I thought this would be perfect. It was something where I've always wanted to do it, but I was never solely focused on that side of it. And I was like, let's just go for it. I love it. And I also love how you just outlined like, yes, this could be net new. It could be pipeline expansion. It could be, or sorry, not pipeline expansion, pipeline acceleration could be customer expansion. It's really like, this is just a good play for really any marketer to run to get new reviews and referrals. So again, can you just before we dig in any further, like, can you give us the high level overview of the playbook and like what you did? And and then uh, we'll dig into some of the specifics. Yeah, absolutely. So the goal was to run a quarterly NPS kind of survey. And so we would run an NPS survey. We would get about 250 to 400 users. And this was when I was at Alice at the time, B2B gifting platform. So it's awesome. Yeah. Like all those users are filling out NPSs, but we did nothing with them. So I went to the engineering team and asked for all the users in that list who gave us a G G2 review in the last 90 day, weeding out any of the duplicates. And I was able to secure 330 people within a 90 day window that I could then target. Yeah. And again, what I love about that is a lot of companies, they are already running an NPS and they're just not doing anything with it. So it's like, it's not a super heavy lift to just like get that list in the first place so that you can get started from there. As you dig in, like what technology was required to get that list and then to actually uh, run a play towards these people? Yeah, so I, I actually don't know why engineering was the only team that had access to like, so this was all pulled from the Alice platform. So like engineering weirdly was the only team that had access to pulling those NPS, but 
they were able to basically put in a CSV file for me. I took that CSV file and uploaded it to Marketo. And that was really the entire, well, I would say those are the two big things, CSV file, Marketo. And then we used, we dog food our own products. So like we used Alice as a way to incentivize people to basically give a review. Yeah. So I mean, essentially, however you pull the list, so likely whatever you're using for your NPS surveys, which in many cases could even be your same marketing automation platform. So marketing automation platform, and then based on the playbook that you actually specifically ran a gifting platform. So yeah. um, nothing super, super complex. And again, there's a lot of providers today that are offering, like you don't have to buy the platform for a gifting yeah. play. You can just buy the gift. So like even in that context, if you've got marketing automation, you can you can still run this play pretty pretty easily. So love that. Was there any content that you specifically used to run this play that helped kind of generate some some pretty significant results? Yeah, I mean, honestly, going back to like this whole like personal people first kind of approach, it's like all I did was send a Marketo email for me. I made it sincere. I made it personal. And I was just hoping that people would take the time to engage with it. One, because maybe they saw my name. Maybe we interacted on LinkedIn. Again, being in MarTech and selling to marketers, it's easier to when you're also the ICP, people can relate to you a bit more. And when you've built trust over time, I was like, maybe all these things, I'll see a good response. So that was like my whole plan. Super simple. It was it was from me, had my reply, like my actual email address in there. And I said, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. So again, I love it. Like very simple content. It was literally just an email, <laughs> like yeah. not overly complicated. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, one other thing I was going to say as well. So like in it, I offered a gift for an honest review, good or bad. Like so many people think like, is this bribery? Are you incentivizing people for a good review? No. And like, I, 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 that's super important because I don't care if you give me a good review or a bad review. I only wanted honest feedback on how that like Alice could improve or why they loved Alice. Like feedback in general is a gift. And I think like that gets lost often. No, I am curious, like, cause we'll, we'll get into budget here in a moment. So like you actually asked for budget knowing that there's the potential that somebody could give us a negative review and we're still going to send them a gift. So as you were having those conversations internally, like how did you help to frame up that conversation so that it could be like, we're going to send gifts regardless of the review. We're going to actually just appreciate people for providing us that feedback. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so, so my boss at the time was Pete Lorenko, who's a good friend of mine and Pete, I mean, you have to get a marketing leader that understands the value of feedback versus just like the budget component of it. I mean, all we were doing, it, it was only a, a $25 gift card. So it wasn't anything super crazy there. And so he was, he was, he was on board because I think we were going through a transformation of trying to figure out our messaging, our narrative, our positioning, and this could only help accelerate that growth or help us pivot to where we need to go. If I remember correctly, you said you had a list about like 360 people and then $25 gift card. So, I mean, just from that alone, we're looking at the high end from an actual gifting perspective at like nine grand. If every person responded and obviously Marketo, it's not necessarily inexpensive, but it was our tool that you already had existing. So you're not going out and buying a that new tool to, to do this. And you already had the gifting platform in place. So what we're talking about is for a campaign specific approach, like 
nine grand in the absolute best case scenario in which every single person responds. Hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. And you know, no, not every single person. Absolutely not. Like, I mean, in the the two days, and and we can get into this as well. But like, we got eighty three of them within. It was about a three day span. So I mean, eighty three times twenty five. I'm terrible at math, but it's it's not it's not that soup. It's not super expensive. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious actually on that front of did you in the content and in the message. Did you actually say like you have a couple of days to respond to this? Like, did you set a time frame or was it kind of open ended? And you just knew if I send one email, people will typically do it pretty quickly. Like, I'm curious from that perspective, like what was the thought process around the time frame? Yeah, I actually didn't put a time frame at all. I probably should have, but people, all they had to do was reply to the email with a screenshot of their G2 review. And then I would send them a, we, we had like a magic link where I could just send a link and they could go claim a gift card of their choosing. They could swap it out for whatever they ultimately wanted. So it was super simple. Now, I only sent one email. I'm thinking back to that now. I probably should have like followed up with those people that did not submit one. Probably I would have gotten even more. Maybe it got buried. Maybe they were on vacation or whatever thing. Maybe they missed it. So that's a huge miss on my piece. I probably could have drove that 83 to like over 100 easy if I just took time to follow up. One, I love the fact that there's recognition of this is how we improve the playbook that already worked. But also from a quick math perspective, I, I did it on a calculator of like it's $2,075 in gift cards to send to 83 people. So again, if we're using a third-party gifting platform, we can round that up to say like 2,500 bucks if you're using a free platform because there is some margin for them to right. include that. So again, using your existing marketing automation tool and like 2,500 bucks, you drove 83 positive reviews and testimonials. And again, that could have been driven even higher with like a three email sequence that was sent over the course of like two and a half weeks. Yeah, that's just the, the the new customer marketer in me that didn't really know what I was doing. So so again, I think we've already walked through kind of the high level tactics. But again, very simply, like pull the list, send an email with content. And I'm curious from your perspective, for somebody that's thinking through the person that should do the send, like you were a very obvious pick because you had a personal brand within the space. Right. You were the peer for somebody else that's maybe thinking, okay, I work in a different industry and I'm a marketer, like who do you think should do the send as it relates to actually getting this review? I think it's, well, you know, it could be a, a subject matter expert, someone, you know, I think of like IT, for example, maybe it's your CTO that's like well-known or something. I used to work in IT and like our CTO was like a celebrity. And so we would always use him for things, but maybe you have, maybe it's your CMO, maybe it's your VP of marketing. I think it should definitely come from the marketing side versus the sales side. I thought of, does it make sense to come from like a CEO, but most CEOs don't want all these replies or out of office or automations or whatever. And it only only truly works if like that reply to is actually to that person. So I think like a CMO or a VP of marketing would be okay too, or whoever that subject matter expert that is well known that you utilize in a lot of these different things. I'm also just curious, do you think it could be successful for like an account manager or like the CSM that that is like the direct point of contact with the customer? Or do you think it needs to come from a leadership perspective? No, I, th I think it could definitely come from from that side of it as well, especially if they already have those relationships. 
I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it hurts. I think we did try that way before I jumped into like this type of role. And I just don't think that we saw like the, they were literally trickling in over the quarter. Hmm. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And I don't know, maybe they just didn't put as much effort into them. Maybe the note wasn't as personalized or as personal or as th authentic. I just, I think it goes back to like AB testing stuff as well. So. You know, when I've worked in past organizations and we've asked the CS team to do something there, they, I've heard back from our CS team in some situations of like, I'm already emailing them like every single week about other things. It's so like, we already have active conversations. So I love the AB test of like, cause some CS organizations have like texting relationships with their customers. They're like BFFs. So like it would be appropriate. And I just think it's, it's a great call out of a different voice. That is a recognizable voice within your organization sending to your customer base can maybe generate some quicker results on that front. Yep, for sure. And then as you were thinking through the implementation of this, like, were there any unexpected roadblocks or challenges that kind of popped up that made this more difficult to implement? Uh, no, honestly, it was it was pretty easy to spin up. Like once I, I thought about it, so like I did this whole thing, like I thought of it, ran it by Pete. And like I sent out the email all within like a three day window. It wasn't anything, wasn't anything crazy for sure. And again, we, it was easy because I already had the campaign set up in Alice. So it was easy to send those, those links out. And again, this could probably be way improved, but it was something that was quick. Wasn't that hard, had the list. And I was like, what's the worst that happens? Like we get none. Yeah. So a couple other quick questions just around like the actual tactics and implementation. I mean, I know that people have replied back to you. So like, were you manually going into Alice and then sending them a gift card based on their reply? Or like, did you have some kind of automation set up based on like the review actually being inputted? Like, how did you actually get from when they sent the review back? How did you get gift card in their hands? Yeah, so we had it was so basically the way that Alice works is like, you have this campaign set up where you have say, 50 links that you can send to someone. And when someone gets that link, they basically can go in, pick a gift card, enter their information. It gets emailed to them digitally. So like, I didn't have to go in. All I had to do was when someone replied with a screenshot of their review, I just had to reply to the email and be like, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. Here's a link to your gift card. If you have anything else that you want to add, good or bad, feel free to just shoot me back a note. And actually people took the additional time to even reply back more with stuff um, that they wanted to either see on the roadmap or that they wanted to talk about or just brainstorm. That was another beauty of it. It was like a lot of these people were marketers that were like, Hey, could like I brainstorm with you on better ways to utilize gifting within my ABM strategy. And cause I was already doing it and I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's a great way to, to continue to build off of those relationships. Again, we've already talked through kind of the final results, but 83 reviews. And then I'm, I am curious, like, were there any other kind of, unexpected results that came out of kind of this initial send. It sounds like you got a couple of meetings that were set up with customers, but like, what were the final results for this program? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the bigger things was I went through every single review and I broke them into buckets and I put each of the customer use cases into a category. So for ABM, for demand gen, to book meetings, for events, for customer success or other. So we can better understand how the customers are actually using the product and like where we can kind of 
break these down. I also took like feature requests or ideas for imp improvement because again, I don't think the product team was talking to customers as much as they probably should have. And so I was relaying a lot of that feedback on what should be implemented for the roadmap based on these conversations that I was having. Again, I think it's just, again, you have to talk to your customers. I think one of the other things is there's a huge product education component of it. And there was a, uh, there was areas where product education was needed that I was obviously coming. So I made sure to isolate the reviews where that person said, I wish they had blank feature to see if that feature already existed. Because a lot of times I realized what happened was that feature already existed and they just didn't know about it because CS didn't tell them because we didn't do really education in a, in a great way. And they were so appreciative to one, go through product training with them on how to use this particular feature, but it also surfaced areas where their team could better high, like where the team could better highlight those features that went unnoticed. And there was actually a lot of them through integrations and just a bunch of other things. And I'm not gonna lie, that's not the the result that I was anticipating, but that's like essentially that that's a great play to help with retention and inevitable expansion because you've already taken people that have said in some capacity, I imagine that most people that are engaging in a larger capacity are people that are fans of Alice. So they already love you. And now they're telling you how they want to engage with you more. And you're actually able to say, hey, we, we actually have what you're asking for. Here's how you use it, driving even a more positive brand sentiment and utilization, which then makes your company more sticky with their company. I think that's a great, not the anticipated result that I was thinking through. Like the other thing that I wanted to, to highlight just as we were thinking through this, this playbook is like the, the bucketing based on like verticals mm -hmm. and being able to then as you're going after a specific target accounts, like you then have like all this social proof that you could throw on like a vertical specific landing page or a one-to-one -one landing page that you can use to then drive uh, new business and acceleration. And I think that's a cool opportunity, but also like just the expansion play and the retention play within your existing accounts. I just think this is a really good play for every marketer to actually start to think through because it didn't seem like a super heavy lift, but it seemed like a massive benefit. 100%. Then you can just basically, I mean, you could scale this in a lot of different ways, but you could just run this quarter over quarter. And I know for a fact it works. Low lift, high results. You just have to basically carve it out, like spend the time to, to do it, which isn't much, but most people just don't take the time to do anything with NPS surveys, sadly. Yeah. And I'm curious in just a couple of things, like we, we clearly outlined like the NPS is a good trigger are there any other triggers that you would think through of how do i identify these people that i want to go get uh, referrals and reviews from yeah i mean i think it's it's the people who are maybe like the power users that aren't doing the you know the mps or the people that are speaking at your events we had so many customers we had so many prospects that were speaking at events and they would give us so much feedback because we again we use like gifting throughout the entire journey and so there's actually 17 different unique moments where you can use gifting from start to finish all the way through to like customer celebration and i mean obviously to to book meetings but so many people don't know that and it was like hey like this is actually pretty cool but you know one thing i would love to see is this and we could use a lot of those things and we turned a lot of that through video into social proof as well okay I love that. And then, okay, you've got, again, these 83, you've now bucketed them out. Like, was there any consideration around potentially how do I take these people that have already voiced that they love us 
and better utilize them maybe for referrals, maybe for like deeper case studies. Like once you've gotten this review on G2, which is super helpful, like what were some thought processes around how to continue with that relationship and be able to get more from the customer? Yeah, I mean, I would ask them to record a quick, short 30 second video. Didn't have to be anything crazy. We could we could use our design team for it, but we used a lot of that in paid ads to drive one-to-one -to, -one to, to additional target accounts. From like a social proof perspective, people absolutely love that. We use that in a lot of our events as well. We put on a big like yearly event, but then we did a ton of virtual events and some in-person stuff too. So, I mean, there was definitely a bunch of additional ads and we didn't have like a, like a, like not a customer, like basically reference program. We didn't have a reference program, but these people that did enjoy it, I started to make a list and like, I would basically just kind of like connect these people. And it was just, it was, it was an easy thing to do. Like, all right, I know your use case, this prospect's looking to do this. Hey, they're not asking to speak to them, but I bring it up because I'm like, Hey, this company has been really successful with this. Do you want to just like quickly connect with them for 30 minutes and just learn more? And most people would take me up on that. And that actually decreased time to close a good amount. I, I just love that so much of the getting them to record a video, like making it easy for them, but then like mm -hmm. using that in one-to-one -one outreach and one-to-one -one ads, and then yep. like actually using it as a pipeline acceleration place. So like clearly this playbook is something that has impact across the full funnel. If you just think through it appropriately and how to best use the people that based on their NPS score actually raise their hand and say, Hey, I really like you guys. I'd love to like, just appreciate you. Nick, any, anything else as it relates to this playbook that you'd want to share with the audience? I would say, you know, it's, this is something that seems so simple to a lot of people, but often goes underrated because as much as I, I don't like saying this, marketers sometimes don't like to talk to customers or they feel intimidated. They feel like they can't add anything to the conversation. You could do a lot, leverage those, those, you know, subject matter experts or the people that your audience and your customers actually already enjoy within all of your marketing and all of your, your, your experiences, because people will buy into that. They buy into people that they trust. They buy into people that they can learn from. And I think that was a huge thing of, you know, being active on LinkedIn. It's like you, you can have that trust and authority that these brands can then tap into. I love it. Nick, if people are interested in learning more about you and more about TAC, where can they find more information? Yeah, definitely. You know, follow me on LinkedIn. If you want to check out TAC, it's TACGTM.com. We also just released the HBO of B2B go to market, TACNetwork.com. Feel free to check that out. We have a bunch of, you know, fun educational types of content on there, all free. So yeah, appreciate you having me. This was fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scrappy ABM. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go ahead and give us a follow so that you don't miss a single episode. We drop every single Monday so that you can start your week off right. And if you're looking for additional great content just like this, go check out ScrappyABM.com. We're building a library of frameworks, guides, templates, processes, and tools so you have everything that you need to build a low-budget, high-impact Scrappy program. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Scrappy ABM. This has been your host, Mason Cosby, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.